Boom. What's happening, people? Uh, welcome to another episode of Real Drug Talk. Um, now, just quickly today, for anybody in Melbourne or wider Australia, they do call it the race that stops the nation. I don't know if that's true or just a good marketing line. Um, yeah, we know today can be a really challenging day with the Melbourne Cup that's on. Um, and yeah, we also know from all the research and evidence that Melbourne Cup um, along with Grand Final Day and a couple of other a couple other of those key um, uh, moments that happen in Australian culture is one of those days that people get really fucked up. Um, you know, uh, domestic violence call outs go through the roof. Uh, call outs for alcohol related harm goes through the roof. You know, there's lots of pain and hurt <laughs> that's caused off the back of it. So, if you are someone in that situation today, I hope that you're staying safe. Um, hope that this podcast can just be something else in the background to help get you through it and interrupt things. Um, yeah, and and again, just hope that you're kind of taking care of each other um, and around good people. Uh, okay, so in today's show, we actually have a repost of, or, or it's not a repost, it's an original podcast on our channel, but a cross-promotion podcast with the boys that from The Last Drinks, who were a few podcasts back that we did an interview with them. Um, and then after that, I did an interview with them on their podcast, um, which I think they've published on their channels, um, but we're going to put it out on ours as well. Now, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm getting to the point, I think I talk about it in this podcast, where it's like 11 years on for me since, you know, I went through this whole intense journey with, you know, getting off drugs and changing my life and all that sort of stuff. So, I kind of feel a bit weird um, around still talking about it and putting my story out there and all that stuff these days, because I'm trying to break the identity that I used to have but anyway um, people tell me that they love listening to it and I've put a couple of others out before that I've done on other podcasts so I'm trying not to do it too much on here so if you have kind of heard my story uh, sorry but I think in this podcast it's cool like I do share a bit of my story but we sort of have an overall conversation or I give my perspective on just a few different topics that could you know like really help people in the early days of their recovery or how they think about themselves in relation to addiction you know all that sort of stuff so um, yeah I hope you guys enjoy this episode just before we jump into it um, again this is a crazy time of year and if you're thinking about getting some help we really recommend that you just kind of go against whatever the kangaroos in the top paddock are jumping around saying not to do we recommend that you just go against that addictive thinking and just jump in and get some help from somewhere so if you're someone um, this podcast is brought to you by connection based living which is our um, coaching program that helps people beat addiction without going to rehab um, and also without having to give up substances forever if you don't want to so um, yeah if that sounds of interest to you um, and you're someone that wants to make some changes uh, you can and it doesn't have to be this life ending moment particularly at this type of year there is a different way that you can go about it to get some help um, check us out we might be able to we might be able to yeah work with you and get a really good result in a different way without you having to go away to rehab and be locked up forever and you know away from family and friends and missing Christmas and you know all that sort of stuff so um, check the links below it's called connection based living we'll have some links to book in a free call with us um, check out our website all that sort of stuff um, again guys hope everybody is staying safe on this challenging day for a lot of people hope you enjoyed the podcast episodes and look forward to vibing in your ears soon peace Hello, welcome to the Last Drinks podcast. I'm Will Hitchens. This is Mitchell Ford. We are joined today with Jack Nagel from Real Drug Talk. Welcome, Jack. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we linked up on Instagram, and there. Yeah, so we're going to be appearing. We did. A, we just did a conversation with him, and now, well, he did a conversation with us. Him with us with him. Him now we're doing us, us him, with him. him and uh, us. Yeah, two, yeah, two hours with me, you're going to have to like book in for a counseling session or like meditate or something afterwards. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, we had a really good chat on your podcast. That was that was great. But uh, we would love to know about you and I guess how you've got to where you are now. You you know, working for yourself and you mentioned that you, you've got some treatment programs going 
and you've worked in counselling and, and you've really had quite a journey. So I guess we we always like to start with, um, yeah, what what was your what was your life like as a youngin, and and how did it how did you first get introduced to drugs or alcohol? Yeah, um, cool. So uh, the um, the elevator version um, uh, <laughs> is is like it's really different when I reflect on it because yeah, there's the beauty of hindsight, but I guess um, I so had an awesome like upbringing super like middle class um best way to describe it would be um always had everything i ever needed maybe not everything i ever wanted but yeah like at the same time was really lucky parents always like got me involved in like sport and all that sort of stuff so yeah i was really into sport as a kid that's kind of all i did um uh loved like afl footy um, and cricket, you know, pretty stereotypical Aussie kid. Um, and uh, just what happened actually when I was younger was that I was playing footy at school and I broke my jaw um, in like a school football match. So then I was like out for the footy season and then when we came back it was summer and I've always been pretty tall. Um, so you know, naturally, like when you're tall, people just say, oh, you should play basketball. <laughs> so I started playing basketball and I and I really liked it um, because, you know, um, I just liked all sports. But in hindsight, I didn't, like if I had my time again, I probably actually would have just kept playing footy, but I was better at like basketball. And um, then there was obviously like validation because I got um, like, you know, recruited into the rep teams or whatever. So I just, I did that. And that was kind of like my childhood from, you know, like early just leaving like primary school or whatever you want to say to through to like uh, early, early twenties or just before uh, or late teenage years. And just before like my drug use and all that stuff started to really kick off. But for whatever reason, when I look back on it in hindsight, um, even though I was like really happy go lucky, um, everybody liked me, you know, I had friends, all that sort of stuff, um, was never interested in school, like academically, like could not give a fuck. I was that kid that just, you know, just was not interested. Um, but loved going to school to like see my friends and socialize and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, looking back on it, I was actually like super insecure. <laughs> so I always wanted to, like, I can clearly remember, like I always wanted to be someone other than me, you know, um, uh, like, where, where I went to school, there was like, when I was in year seven, so whatever that is, like 13 or whatever, there was this huge like um, Maori Kiwi contingent like in year 11 and 12 and they were like the cool kids and that was like when rap was just hitting and shit, you know, so they were like all like Tupac'd out and whatever <laughs> and like my best friend or one of my best friend's names was Jack and he was Kiwi as well and I can remember like, uh, you know yeah like I started like doing like Kiwi accents you know because I just wanted to like fit in I was like that it, mm. and it's kind of weird when I look back on it that I had that going on um so yeah just like desperate to be liked um pretty pretty like I guess you'd call it like anxious when I look back on it now um and just always thinking about what other people were thinking of me like always so it was kind of a weird mix um and yeah, like it just sort of, I think that part of that like added to the problems that I had with uh, like substances. So yeah, like I was playing basketball flat out um, and it was like Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Like I was playing every day, twice a day, like getting up at five in the morning training. You know, it was like boarding, bordering on like semi-professional in those like late mm. teenage years. So I didn't have, so all that was going on and I didn't have, like a traditional teenage upbringing. Like I, I just kind of wanted to go and be a bit normal, like chase girls and start going to the parties and stuff. So then what happened, it, it's kind of like the perfect storm when I look back on it. Anytime there was like some break, it was a public holiday or we had a buy or whatever reason was happening with like with basketball, I would go out and like to the party and I would get like fucked up. I would like make the most of my um, opportunity and just like drink and all that sort of stuff. So pretty much when I look back on it, um, yeah, my my experience with substances has always been like to excess and yeah, has always been just like 
all or nothing. Um, but in saying that, like, I've all, I was always like scared the first time I used like different drugs. Um, geez, this is a long fucking elevator ride. Sorry. Um, and <laughs> that's good, mate. Uh, and and yeah, like I um I was always really nervous about it, but like when I used them, I just loved it. To be honest, like I always loved it. And then once that happened, I just wanted to do it like all the fucking time. So flash forward, I was like smoking pot heavily, um, still playing basketball, nothing really got affected. Um, what happened was then I was like using heaps of party drugs as well. Uh, and then I went overseas to America um, to play basketball and I had like kind of my first experience with um, detox and withdrawal, but I was like a super naive kid so i didn't even know that <laughs> that's kind of what was happening um and yeah like i guess when i was at that stage my personality like i really do think like substances and drugs that kind of change the way that i was thinking about myself and the rest of the world and my personality kind of changed and i didn't want to be like a sports star anymore to be honest i was like i lost interest i wanted to just like go and have fun um so when i got back from that trip um I just like quit everything and everyone was really worried about me. Um, and I just was in my head, that was at about 17 ish, um, 18 in my head. I was just like going to like have fun at that stage. I was smoking pot every day and starting to use like other drugs, like pretty frequently, um, and drinking and you know, all that shit. Uh, and then, yeah, just from there, it just fucking spiraled. <laughs> there was a few other like key moments, um, but basically what happened in the end was, yeah, I just progressed through using different drugs and partying and just kind of fell deeper and deeper into it. My friendships and associations and all that stuff started changing. Yeah, just started going down the rabbit hole more and more. Um, flashing forward to kind of the end where, yeah, I was like using ice. That was kind of my thing in the end. Um, the main drugs that I used was... I didn't even see alcohol as a problem, to be honest. <laughs> but I was drinking like nearly every day. Uh, like you used to just drink like goon. Um, and uh, yeah, I used used ice. I started using like intravenous, like so yeah, like shooting up. So my life was kind of fucked um, when I started doing that. Um, and uh, I was using like prescription drugs like Xanax mainly and smoking a bunch of pot. And I just did that for like, few years and um things just got super bad mental health deteriorated and all that sort of stuff um yeah just like really stereotypical fucked up shit <laughs> like mm -hmm. a, you know suicide attempts um uh like psychosis was really skinny um you know all that sort of jazz and then i was really lucky that again i come from a good family and i often like to think about that if people get in that situation if, if they don't um, come from like a supportive family or have those people around them, it must be like super hard because yeah, like I really think if I didn't have my mom in particular, but all my family around me, I don't know if I would have been able to do it as soon as I did. Um, and anyway, the last thing that happened was that um, there'd been heaps of fucked up shit, but for some reason it was like this thing, I'd had a bunch of money. I spent it all in a week completely lost my mind and it was the big m not being able to buy a big m just fucking tipped me over the edge so <laughs> at, at the time i had like I, it was like a lot of money for me I, I got my hands on like thousands of dollars um and spent it all and then after this bender and i was feeling fucked like i was just so depressed i got dropped off at i can still remember it in um hampton which is a bayside suburb in melbourne there were still milk bars at that time um and i went into the milk bar uh, to buy like a fucking big M cause I was hungry, but like I couldn't eat cause I'd just been like on meth for a week. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I reached in my pocket. I think it was like five bucks or some shit and I didn't have five bucks. <laughs> um, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> at that point, bottom. that's right. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is absolute rock bottom. So, and at that point it, uh. it sounds like I'm over dramatizing it, but it's actually the truth. Like at that point, I, I had this phone, like iPhones were out then. I think like everybody, I think maybe like the iPhone 3 or some shit or the iPhone 4 maybe, mm. something like that. And everybody had those, but I, I still had one of those like um, 
somebody called it like a dumb phone the other day, like a dumb phone, like a, I think it was like a 3315 and that, and I had no backing. So to hold the battery in, there was like duct tape around the back. Like this was just like what my life was in it. And I, um, one eight hundred mum was it one eight hundred or one three hundred whatever it was mum dad mum where there's like the reverse call charge and she answered she used to never answer because I'd been mm. kicked out at that time a whole bunch of dramas she was angry at me but she said that I could come home and I went home and I remember when she opened the door she just like didn't even look at me and I was like fuck that's never happened before she was just so like fed up with me and then I went into her bathroom. Again, sounds like sounds like a movie script or something like I'm talking shit, but this is really what happened. That she has like a big mirror in her bathroom. Um, and yeah, I just went in there to like kind of just, I don't know, like splash water on my face and just try and freshen up a little bit. And I looked in the mirror and uh, yeah, my, la- my life just kind of flashed before my eyes. It was weird. Like I just kind of saw myself finally for sort of what I was and it all hit me. And I realized that I'd yeah, just kind of gone from a happy-go-lucky guy that had like opportunities and everybody liked him and all that sort of stuff to yeah like your stereotypical sort of junkie no hoper um and it just like in that moment it just kind of broke me and i and i asked for help and yeah that's where my family came in because they'd already obviously looked up rehabs and stuff like that mum had taken out private health insurance on me i was 21 so i still fell under her insurance which was like super lucky because then i could get into rehab a lot quicker all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and the rest is history. Um, uh, there was a couple of key things that happened in rehab. Like I struggled with it. But the people, the staff there, yeah, were like people in recovery as well as being professionally qualified. Um, and the big thing that did it for me and kind of sent me on this path of what the whole thing that I do now um, was the the guy there. Because I'd seen other professionals before that and I just kind of had in my head, oh, this is going to be another fucking whatever thing. Um but the guy there started like telling me his story and it wasn't his story. It was completely different. He was like from like a, a rich suburb and um, yeah, was drinking mainly all that sort of stuff. But he, he explained his story to me, but he was able to kind of explain to me like how he felt intimately. Um, and I've had been feeling like that for years, but like I'd never told anyone and it fucking blew my mind. Like I'd never heard anyone talk like that before. And I, I guess I had that like instant connection slash like trust and hope that, oh, maybe then this could work for me too. I'm not alone, you know, all that sort of jazz. Mm. So like, I just gave it a go. Um, and yeah, like the quick version is it's, that was like 11 years ago and, um, life's awesome (laughs) i never kind of look back so yeah i sort of don't get me wrong there was a lot of hard work in there and stuff like that but yeah i count my uh lucky chickens uh so yeah i just feel super super not even grateful to be honest like super lucky (laughs) that just like everything aligned as it did and yeah i was able to change up my life so um so what age did you go to rehab like when, 20, so when was when was the first point that you yeah 21 21 but yep. the the interesting thing be, or maybe actually just before my 21st maybe 20 because I turned 21 like very early into recovery which was like super weird because I had no friends at my birthday party and I just invited all these people that I only just met from like rehab and hmm. um 12 step groups and stuff like that um but anyway so um uh I, but the the interesting thing was was that I definitely probably like two or three years before that, um, I definitely had like tried to like find. I think we we're saying it before when we we're doing the podcast. Find help. I, I'd called like a couple of services and like I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore. I just felt like I couldn't stop and I didn't know how to and I didn't connect with anyone or anything like that. So. I think that's the interesting thing about doing this stuff and it's definitely the feedback that I've gotten is that so many people before they get to that like rock bottom or that stage where everyone else is like fucking you need to stop they've probably even though their behavior is not displaying it they've probably wanted to stop for a long time as well because that was that was my sort of experience anyway yeah wow that's an incredibly young age to go through all that like to to deal with that kind of addiction at, at that age like that must have been challenging. Yeah. Reminded, well, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you reminded sorry. you reminded me of like 
when you sort of I was because I remember when I was sort of in the spiral of sort of with my, my alcoholism. Yeah. And then I would look up AA meetings in the area. But yeah. And then that, I've done a good thing. I've looked up the AA meetings. That's and right. Then I go get, and then I go get <laughs> pissed. That's right. Accomplished. Just like, yeah. I, I, the thought was there, but now I'm just going to go get pissed. Yeah. Like, reward myself. <laughs> That's right. Like, I just couldn't work it out. Like, that that was a big part of it for me. You know, like, uh, so I'm not being discriminatory to anyone else. I'm just telling my story. Like, I, I was brought up in, like, the right way. Like, I knew wrong from right. I was, like, somewhat educated. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I was around good people, but when I was in the thick of it, that's why, that's why I just like, that was a big part of it. Like I couldn't work out and it used to really fuck with me why like I couldn't stop and why I couldn't like change it up. Um, and yeah, like I, I used to do the same stuff that you were talking about. Like I would be like, all right, tomorrow I'm, I don't know what the fuck I think. Cause I was skinny. I'm like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do 10 push ups. I'm going to go hand out my resume, get a job and everything's going to be okay. And I'd just like wake up, look at something on the internet and I'd be like, oh, good job. All right. And then I'd like, I was off <laughs> doing, doing, you know, the normal shit. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. I think it's something to do with, I mean, we sort of learn it in sort of the stuff we do with like being a man of integrity, being a man of your word. So if you sort of wake up, you say, I mean, I guess for me, a lot, every morning, I'm not going to drink again. I'm not going to drink. And then I would drink again. You're sort of losing trust within yourself that you, you're capable of stopping. So 100%. yeah, you sort of you get up again. You say, "Oh, this time I'm not going to drink." And it's just there's a part of you is just like you've said this hundreds and hundreds of times. I mean, I remember writing. I remember when I used to have Facebook and writing after a big night and probably causing all sorts of nonsense and upsetting a lot of people, saying, "All right, this this is the time I'm going to quit drinking." A big post yep. on Facebook, lots of likes, lots of we're so proud of you. We're here for you. I think a week later I was drunk again and I deleted Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Facebook stuff's interesting. Like uh, my, you know how it like shows up like memories of like mm. posts that you've done from like years ago. Fuck, shit still comes up and I'm like, oh my god, like you know. It's did you, just... did you, were you were you on the ice and then on Facebook like a hundred percent? And do you know what was even worse than that? On the Zannies like pissed on fucking writing shit on facebook and i'm just like oh my god I look back and i'm like oh my god so yeah but you're like what you said before it's it's funny when i look back on it yeah like going through it young or whatever i've been able to like like i'm getting to the point now where i'm almost like because i've told my story heaps and done heaps of like media years ago and stuff like that um and i'm getting to the point now where i'm like thinking about how I can still do this stuff, but not be like sharing my story as much because yeah, like it's like, it's like 11 years down the track and I've been, it's like how it's played out is I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to like look back at it and go, I was just a young guy that, that was like confused and went through this period when it could have very easily been, yeah, like a lifelong thing and some that really yeah. fucked up my whole life, you know? So yeah, no, I'm just, excellent. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's excellent. You've got through it. So I guess so. Yeah, we, we've painted painted the picture of what your what your experience was like with drugs and and going to rehab. And then I suppose since since rehab, how how did life unfold for you? How did you integrate back into the community? Yeah. So for me, so yeah, that was like eleven years ago. There probably was like some things out there, but uh, there wasn't heaps. So I remember when I went to rehab, very much. Um, the message was pretty much everywhere that um, you've got a disease um, that this is like a lifelong thing that you can like never drink or do drugs again. And that um, you're going to have to like do meetings for the rest of your life, essentially. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, a mo- in a monotone voice as well. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Until That's right. You know the thing that always makes me laugh is like it's like and even when you're sober, your disease is doing push-ups in the background waiting for you. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck it hell. That's a message of hope if I've ever heard one. Um oh so, so yeah, there was like it was such a weird time and 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 like I have to be honest about it because it's because it's like the truth. 
So they told me that at rehab and I was like, fuck, that's fucked. No fucking way, right? And there was this whole like internal battle and I thought it was super fucking weird. But equally at the same time, I was fucked. Like I was fucked. I'm talking like emotionally and like I really wanted my life to be different. Like, and I really wanted to stop wanting to die basically. Like I was super fucked. And so with even though there was like, some funky shit going on that I wasn't about, I was like willing to do it because there was evidence that there was people that had been in my situation and their life was better. And I was like, I'm doing that. Um, And I went like, so I was skeptical about it. And then what actually happened was I went to a meeting um, and there was like somebody's like sober birthday at the meeting and they were, and they were like 20 years sober or some shit. And he was a doctor. Um, and he and he was a doctor before he got sober and he used to like steal drugs and like you know shoot up like pethidine and then do like surgery on people and stuff and he was like telling his story and i was so i was like that's fucking cool he was like a character you know i was young i was like an idiot and um and but then all these people like getting up all these friends from like 20 years of being in the meetings um and they were like all telling stories about him and stuff and just in that meeting, like it was really inspiring and I was kind of able to forget about all the weird shit about it and just go, yeah, like I'm going to give this a go. Um, so it was really that like connection piece that was super like attractive to me. Um, and then I went back to the rehab that night and they have these like little pamphlets in like 12 step programs. Like, and I think it was like, am I an addict? And at the time it was the first time I looked at it and I went through it and I, just related to like every question, you know, there's questions in there. Like once you have one, can you not stop as your drug and alcohol cause you that, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just went, all right, well, there's stuff that I don't vibe with, but a lot of this stuff is like relating and landing. So I just kind of threw myself into like doing the 12 step stuff and just like convinced myself that it was the thing. And even though, you know, I don't do it anymore and I like disagree with, like the core fundamental philosophies around it and stuff like that. When I look back on it after rehab, getting involved in that community, like doing the steps and shit through there, it is like good self-development stuff. Like it helped me to like change my life. So that was really like my path into it. Um, And then uh, equally at the same time, you know, like I went and got my, um, uh, I didn't, I never knew what I wanted to do. And, but I was inspired by these people. So I went and did my, yeah, like drug and alcohol qualifications and became like a drug and alcohol counselor and got a placement in a rehab and started working in a rehab and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, I was doing all that and life just got good, like really quickly. Um, and yeah, like everything changed. And then there was a couple, <laughs> it's been a couple of defining things that happened like in 2014-ish. So I got sober. It was like 2011. Yeah. So about 2013, 2014, when like the ice epidemic hit the papers (laughs) at least, um, I like did this story because they called the rehab looking for someone and I did this story like super naive. um, And then they put it, the Herald Suns, the paper here in Melbourne, and then they like plastered it um, like two two page spread it was on the front page and then two pre- two page spread like four pages in and then yeah I just became like the poster boy for like meth addiction in <laughs> the ice epidemic it was fucking weird man and I did like I literally did I look back on it it's actually kind of traumatizing because I had no like media training and all this shit um, but I, I literally did like every media like mainstream media outlet um in in like two days i was like i did the project i was on the today show i like did all the radio stations around australia yeah it was crazy it was fucking crazy man and then like the whole rehab was like going off the hook like with the phones people calling all this stuff so that kind of helped me in my career i guess to get Mm. some sort of like a profile um but yeah it was kind of a bit traumatizing but the good thing that came out of it that i was blown away by was um I opened my personal Facebook and like I literally had like two to 3000 like messages um, of people just going like, can you help me? I've never heard anyone kind of talk like that or whatever. 
Um, and it's just sort of set me on this path of, yeah, wanting to not just work with people one-on-one, but yeah, like do this kind of stuff, um, podcast and all that sort of stuff. So that's when I started Real Drug Talk and yeah, we, we kind of went in a bit of a different direction. So yeah, that's been a bit of the journey and, and it's been cool, man. Like I always say, um, I've because of, or part of it, part of partly because of that media exposure and then just like doing a bunch of different stuff off the back of that. Like I've been able to, um, uh, yeah, like find myself professionally probably in places that <laughs> like I don't deserve to be, you know, like as the lived experience guy, um, like I say that tongue in cheek, but you know, like people like government councils and doing like public health policy around drugs and alcohol and stuff like that with like professors and things like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but yeah, like it's all, it's all kind of happened and I've just been lucky um, because of like my story and putting it out there and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. That's so wild. You must've had some, some, yeah, real moments of, I guess it would have felt surreal. Just like, Smoking ice led to this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's wow. right. Well, it, it is interesting. Like I've found that so much, just not even, um, you know, like I just think about um, we had like a, a our first um, child a year ago and, um, it, you know, I was like my, my wife has like some, some female issues and, yeah, she was like really nervous about um, fertility and conceiving and all this sort of stuff. So we did all these different things and whatever. And when we we're going through that whole like process, um, yeah, like the people that she sought help from were people that were like sharing their like vulnerabilities and their struggles and some of that stuff, you know. And I think it's like an overall principle and something that's really cool is that you think that you have to hide like pain and shit in your life but it's actually the best way to help people and you can become like a expert or a professional off the back of yeah like some of the hardest moments in your life if you're willing to um to to kind of help others so yeah it's it's that's been a really cool lesson out of this whole thing um that my fucked up stuff is actually good (laughs) there's power and vulnerability 100 percent and so nowadays, what do you what do you do now to maintain your mental health and to? I mean, you've been sober a long time, yeah. Um, but I guess, uh, what do you do to to maintain that, that? Keep the you know keep the train going in the right direction. Yeah, it's a good question. To, if I'm being completely honest, like I should do I should do more. So, I, I like that's something I've noticed as well. Is that it? It was probably around like. Um, don't, and don't get me wrong, everyone. It wasn't like I was struggling. Like probably after like a year, like my life got better. Um, but I would say maybe after like five or six years, like I really was able and I am, I'm really able to kind of go into like cruise control, you know, and like not think about stuff too much. But I but I should do more because, yeah, like these last I – ha- I haven't kind of talked about it too much, but these last – kind of few years has been like really fucking hard um (laughs) you know the whole COVID stuff but we've just had heaps of stuff happen in our personal life some like serious sickness in the family um uh and that's just kind of like triggered you know like and and I noticed that like oh fuck I need to be like doing more stuff for myself because yeah my mental health started to dip you know um and I guess that's that's the other thing that I've like relearned recently is that even though you might be okay if you if you if you're not maintaining stuff and you know just taking care of yourself you might be okay for a while but then stuff outside of your control can happen that like impacts you know how you're going at any time and and yeah so that's been hard i i sort of over the last couple of years as well which has been interesting like i went back and like did some kind of like trauma healing stuff um which i'd never really like done before um just with like some shit that <laughs> went on in my life uh and yeah sort of uncovered that you know like yeah like i've kind of got like bipolar you know and then like when i started reading about that fucking explains like a lot about my personality 
not that like I want to be defined by the diagnosis, but when I look, it was kind of like that addiction moment that I had when I was reading about some of the characteristics and stuff and relating to it. It's been the same with this. Like when I read about the different stuff, like even before I use drugs and and how I am now, I'm like, fucking hell, that's like, like I do that shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's um a big thing for me like what i was talking about with you guys is uh i've got a couple of like really good mates um that you know sort of know pretty much everything about me i've been really lucky like so what happened was that um i had like good mates that i that i kind of grew up with that use drugs i got sober and whatever and then um and then like a couple of years later like my whole friendship group got sober as well (laughs) like the four or five people that i was really close to um so there's there's still a lot of them that are doing that to this day so i've been like super lucky to have them in my life and you know we all know each other like super well and stuff like that um so yeah that's that's a big thing i'm really into like self-development and stuff like that so because i think of my experience of like going through addiction um and doing some of that work so I'm always trying to do like different stuff to, to help me um, with that. Uh, so the, the biggest things for me, to be honest, is, um, is sleep. Like um, I've got to sleep properly and I've been trying really hard to do, you know, like all the sleep, all the sleep hygiene stuff. I found that that's really like helped me. Um, talking to people, doing doing like self-development stuff and yeah, like exercising, um, which I kind of have to do more of, but this is a long answer. The biggest thing for me, to be honest, has been like, I've done heaps of work on myself and heaps of like therapy and shit like that over the years. But to be honest, like the biggest thing for me is like finding something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and yeah, like just going kind of balls and all into that. Um, that really helps me anytime that I don't have something that I'm really engaged in and focused on, I find that's where like things kind of go wrong in my life. Um, so yeah, so like I've just really discovered, I love like doing like work and kind of creating things in, in that side of things. So yeah, like I get up most days and I'm pretty excited to like do whatever I'm doing at work that day. So yeah, that's been a big thing for me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, reminds me of a saying it's of like entropy, you know, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And it's kind of what it's like, isn't it? It's like, you've got to keep growing it in some way, whether yeah, get up, find something you're passionate about. Otherwise you can, you can go backwards. I believe in that a hundred percent. Like it's kind of, and it was kind of daunting for me when I, you know, heard that and I was kind of like, fuck like you mean i'm gonna have to like just put in work the whole time (laughs) but but it does but it does actually shift like well it did for me like it's gotten to a point now where like i just fucking love it and i enjoy like doing stuff that's helping me to grow in like whatever area it is you know because my life gets better um uh yeah and i never thought that it would be like that and it's hard to imagine but yeah i've definitely found that for me yeah if i'm not if i'm not like progressing in some area or trying to then then yeah like things start to kind of go wrong for me yeah so you want to talk tell us more about real drug talk your what what's the what, sure what sure so, <laughs> so so it's kind of it's kind of um it's kind of evolved it's kind of evolved over the years but the essence of kind of what i talked about before is still there is that yeah we we really just want to be another voice a part of the conversation to try and shift you know the the paradigm as we call it or the thinking around like alcohol and drugs in society and addiction and all that sort of stuff um and yeah like really what we do now with real drug talk is um is is trying to like go really hard on this media side of things that's been the goal this year um and just put out like podcasts and different stuff on on different channels and and try and raise awareness um and then yeah we do and we're starting to try and do some more stuff um in like the government and um uh non-government sectors so like the public health system um mainly for me the thing that i'm really passionate about uh is 
kind of like yeah promoting the i don't like the word like pr but like the lived and living experience workforce in like that public system um because um just like a quick boring history for everyone out there like currently as it is in most places around australia there's not heaps of like identified peered roles and whatever vehicle someone like changes their life in recovery or their relationship to substances or whatever the fuck you want to call it they everybody always talks about pretty much that they've somewhere along the line they've met someone that's had a past experience you know with it and that's helped them to like influence Mm. how they've changed so it's kind of crazy that in the in the public system in australia in services and stuff that we don't have identified roles for those people in the drug and alcohol sector you know it's that's kind of nuts so um that's what i'm really passionate about is trying to um just have the conversations around that and professionalize that um in government circles and stuff so so that yeah basically more people can get help and experience the benefits that way and then um like uh a couple of years ago i don't know like i was doing a lot of that stuff and and to be honest like it's awesome i'm not complaining about it but i'm not super passionate about sitting around with fucking academics and like talking about um you know like alcohol guidelines and frameworks and shit like that it's boring as fuck um uh but it's important um so yeah a few years ago like i kind of was just having a lot of people talk to me um a bit like you guys i guess that sort of I don't know how to explain it without sounding like I'm stereotyping people. I guess I kind of will, but just people that maybe didn't fit the mold of like what you'd see people that didn't have my story, basically people Mm. that were like professionals or, um, or, um, you know, like had bad addiction problems, but were like still functioning for whatever reason, like single mums, um, stay at home mums, whatever it was, people that, was still kind of functioning on some level but had these like addiction problems wanted to change it but didn't want to go through like the traditional sort of route so um yeah and i just kind of went well i really actually get lit up when you know i work with people and can see change happening with people so yeah we started um connection-based living which is basically yeah like a um coaching program uh for people and and yeah we help them to um overcome addictive patterns without going to rehab that's sort of focused around you know um yeah like having at least a decent sober period and working on all the underlying issues and stuff like that um and yeah that's been really cool it's it's had really good like take up and and stuff like that so um yeah they're the things that we do at the moment it's too much though like i just want to fucking chill out eventually and um (laughs) do 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 something minimal um but you know like even recently sorry i'm banging on a bit here but even recently like i used to before covid with the stuff that we're doing with real drug talk i was flying a lot like every week like a couple times a week and that was before like we had my um, um my son and stuff like that and at the time i was like fucking like when you first fly around on a plane for work regularly you're like this is fucking sick i'm awesome and then very quickly it sucks it sucks right Um, (laughs) so um i was hating it and then yeah COVID happened and then i stopped flying so now like i've pretty much like there's not a lot of like flying and stuff that i do like all i really want to do is just yeah kind of be at home and hang out with my son as much as possible so that's what we're trying to work out how to do that but you know um it's impossible (laughs) in some ways yeah no, that's yeah i can i can relate to that and um yeah i suppose now that you're a father your priorities have probably changed that's right that's right yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like i finally matured in some some way <laughs> it happened well done. that's right that's right <laughs> um so yeah i think the way that we have liked to end our podcast so far we're putting you on the spot here because we've given you zero okay. preparation so here we are that's okay but to conversations can get a bit dark sometimes well, I, guess, I mean before before we get to that want, yeah. um i guess you know for us we just how we sort of i guess we sort of we've had our issues with alcohol i mean we've used drugs here and there but not to probably the extent that you did i guess how you go out into the world where you've probably had the buffet of drugs and alcohol sort of yeah 
do you get do you recognize sort of your triggers for things and like how do you go about sort of good question i guess maybe it might not be as much now do you still get them but, but i guess because yeah. you've got sort of you probably have multiple sort of avenues because i guess if you were doing multiple different things um yeah well well interesting it's a great it's a great question so so interest like before i answer that like interestingly enough that one of the things for me that has been the biggest trip out and kind of hard to deal with actually is that the way that i think about addiction and myself and how addiction plays out for me and just me as a person has like drastically changed several times over the last like 11 years right um you know so so first of all like i've kind of come to the understanding through like i feel again i feel really lucky that i've been able to have my own experience but then also meet you know like yeah these researchers and professionals and from from all different fields that have like dedicated their life to different stuff and yeah read the different papers and all that sort of jazz and like this is just for me like people have all different understandings but see there goes my dog um is is that yeah like i no longer believe in that thing of like you're an addict or you're an alcoholic in the sense of once you've had an issue with substances that you're gonna always have that issue um and i didn't always think like that but what i've found um is that you know, definitely I'm a promoter of like the harm minimization thing basically, right? So big picture, like substances are harmful for you no matter how much or how little or whatever you take, they're harmful. And the best thing to do for your health is not take them at all. Like that's proven hands down. But I think the reality of society is that people um, use drugs and alcohol, you know, um, and I think that's like where the conversation has to kind of mature. Um, and I've met so many different people that have had really bad addiction problems that do some good work on themselves over a period of time and then go back to like having a different relationship with like, you know, alcohol or drugs in some cases or whatever it might be. Um, so what I've found is to kind of circle why that's important back to the question that you asked for me is not thinking about myself because I used to not thinking about myself in the framework of like I'm an addict, you know, because to me that kind of says to me that like I'm broken and that, you know, like I'm sort of like prescribing myself a certain characteristic and a way of being, um, which I find that if I tell myself those things, it then perpetuates in my life and I don't, I'm not able to like, if I eat a block of chocolate, I'll, I'll eat the whole thing. And that was like a story that I told myself for a long time. Like, I'm just like this person, like I am kind of all or nothing, but I would be like, yeah, I'm like an addict with everything. Like if I eat chocolate, I'm going to eat like the whole fucking block. Right. So when I, broke, right. <laughs> so what I found for me is that when I broke that story in my head and like really kind of did some work on it, yeah, my identity started to shift and like I actually have self-control around things um, in my life today, you know, like and I can moderate and I can, um, yeah, have like normal relationships to stuff. Um, so I think that's the first like fundamental thing that I always say to people, right? Forget about the drinking, not drinking or whatever, but like do like in, when it comes to like triggers and stuff like that, like you got to do like some some decent work on like the identity that you hold for, for yourself and the stories that you tell yourself because that like impacts your behavior and what you do like so drastically. Um, and, and yeah, like at the start when I first got sober, like it sounds funny and like, I'm again, like I'm making it up, but it's the truth. Like I'd walk down say like Chapel street and I'd see like the, the guy that had had like a big night sitting, sitting on the street that's just fucking now I would look and be like, that sucks. That's a shit life. That's miserable. And I'll be like, Oh, it looks like he's having the time of his life. I want to join in. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's just kind of like where my head was at. So, um, yeah, like I was, um, I was, I was triggered early on as it progressed. Um, and as I got, you know, more sober and there's a huge problem with this actually. And I think it needs to be talked about more, but, some weird fucking thought process in my head. I was like, oh yeah, I'm out of that really like bad spot. So now I can, 
Um, now, like, I think I would be okay and I would get triggered if I, if I could just like drink and do like Coke, you know what I mean? Because like, that's what like well-to-do people do. And like, you know, that's more like social. Um, so yeah, that was like, that, that happened for a period of time. Um, but yeah, the, the, the biggest kind of fundamental shift for me around um, like cravings and, and triggers and all that sort of stuff is like what you guys were saying in the podcast before. I really believe in that. Like you are like mentally, you are like the five people that you hang around most, you know? So that's like the biggest thing that you can do to help. Sorry, you are the average of the five people that you hang around most. Like that's really true for me anyway. And that's the biggest thing that I see when most people have success is that when they with recovery or changing their relationship or whatever, they change their like immediate um, circle of influence around them because people are like thinking differently. Um, and then that sort of somehow rubs off and then you start thinking differently too. And then when you go out to the pub, you no longer like want to just get smashed. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really interested in this. Oh, like I care about my family and this and that and whatever it is because that's what the other people around you are doing. So, yeah, that's that's been the biggest thing for me is just finding good people and and spending as much time as I can with them. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we got a lot there. Yeah. yeah. So, so are you, are you still so are you able to have a have a beer nowadays? I have. Yeah, I have. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not like fucking really interested in in drinking. That that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like I've changed. Like, I I, I like, yeah. I I don't want to go to the pub on a sad day and drink. Like, I couldn't give a fuck. I don't drink much at all really you know but yeah like i have had a drink and i'm okay like i don't bust out in fucking handcuffs or whatever but my <laughs> my my pretense to all of that my pretense to all of that is that that's not like me prescribing that to anyone else <laughs> you yeah, know like yeah. you you like that's the main thing that i always stress to everyone like it's a big thing to think about um if i just think about myself like I have done heaps of work over the years on myself. And I think that's like been a big reason for me changing in that area, but you've just got to do right, like the right thing for you. Um, but I think the best thing that you can do with all of that is just have really good people around you and be honest with yourself and allow those people to be honest with you so that, yeah, you can work out what the right path is for you basically. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Do you have anything else? Uh, I think you want to get to your favorite question oh, that you like to it's ask. It's my favorite. So <laughs> let's rip into it then. Thank you. So if, you, if you're feeling up to it, maybe sure. share a story with us of, a, of an embarrassing, the most embarrassing or a very embarrassing story of you on the piss. Oh, geez. We like to um, end on a happy note, on a happy high note. So anything that... Uh, just yeah, a wild tale from, you know, <laughs> your... Yeah, gallivanting days as a young man coming into your own. How yeah. how how um how full on are we going here? Like we can go we can go full <laughs> ham. Yeah, we can just... go balls to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, life was pretty colourful there for a while. So um, oh, probably yeah. Like man, I'm sure everyone's probably like this in a way. I I, I hung around like my mates were fucking dickheads. I was a dickhead too. So they were very much like if you fell asleep or something, they would like take advantage of you a hundred percent. Like no questions asked. So yeah, like a lot of our mates would have their eyebrows and heads shaved and you know stuff like that. But I think um, there's the the thing that's <laughs> the thing that's springing to my mind is um, when I went yeah on a bender um, and there was like heaps of shit that happened anyway um, and I was I was drinking that night so at least the drinks in there but yeah I was on a whole bunch of drugs and I took um, I took a whole bunch of mushrooms at the end of the night after being awake for a couple of days and oh. we were watching um, I still to this day can't remember what the movie's called but Will Smith is the fish. What's that fucking movie? I call it Will Fish. It's like <laughs> whatever uh, that movie is. 
I'm not sure. Like Shark Tales or something. Yeah, know. yeah, maybe maybe that there? one, right? And we're watching that, and and all I can remember is my mate saying it's Will Fish, it's Will Fish. Um, and all I can remember is like Will Smith in a fish, like coming out of the TV and like talking to me. And then that's the last thing I remember. And then I woke up in the morning um, in my mate's room, tied up like a kind of like a, a chicken, like with my, with my, <laughs> with my uh, hands and feet like up in the air. Um, I had like a, some sort of like sex thing, like, not like in my ass, but like kind of, you know, <laughs> on the rim of my ass. And I had like a, I had like a ping, like one of those, like, um, a ball gags, a ball, a ball gag on. And I was like, and I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? And the worst <laughs> thing about it was that like, I couldn't get out of it for like no. quite, a, quite a while. There was like a few oh, hours no. of me just like laying there. So, oh, dude. There was lots of shit like that. There was lots of shit like that. And do, yep. do you know what? Like that's that's the thing. I, geez, I feel like the last 20 minutes I'm like promoting drugs or something. I'm not. Um, but It's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Well, that's right. Like so, so that's where like I've changed these days. Like stories like that, I still look back on that and think about those moments as like, yeah, like some of the best moments of my life. Like I had the most fun. Um, and festivals and stuff like that. Um, and I just think that, you know, that's where the conversation has to get to with everyone if we're actually going to help people to change and go down a different path is, yeah, not like try and fucking tell people a lie. Like the reality is, is like drinking and taking drugs and stuff like that can be really fucking fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Definitely. But, you know, you just have to know um, the signs and, you know, some of the stuff that can, that can bring you unstuck. And I think if we get to that place and we can have those conversations with people, they're more willing to kind of accept the other stuff you say, cause they know that you're not talking shit to them basically. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. I think we've talked about that before is like, yeah, it is fun. That's kind of one of the main things you'll lose is particularly if this, if it's the only way you've been having fun for most of your life, which yeah. a lot of people, for a lot of Australians it is then you're going to have to find another way to have fun and, you know, your idea of fun will change. But yeah, that's right. Process. And that's the important part too. Like, and that's what I was saying before about, you know, like, so yeah, I did 10 years like completely sober before I had a drink at all. Um, it's only been in the last year. But yeah, like over that 10 years, I've completely changed and the stuff that I used to think was fun, like I don't want to go near it with like a 10 foot pole. You know what I mean? It's just mm. not fun at all. And I was like that when I was 25 as well, you know, like and sober and whatever. Like I, I was interested, you become interested in different stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of fun times, but there's a lot, there was a lot that wasn't fun. And, you know, you got to play that risk to sort of, you know, whether that's going to occur again. But like now being sober and sort of actually going out and finding new other ways to have fun, it's just like there's not less of a risk of it. But you know, my life could be completely fallen apart by going for a swim in the ocean in the morning or just working out. Like so, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, I guess it's just it could be an age thing. It's just maturing. It's just finding different. Yeah, just liking different things now. And yeah, you can still you can find new things, find new ways to have a good time. Um, and far more fulfilling things to have a good time for sure. But yeah, you go to AA meetings, you get, and it's always fun to share sort of fun yarns from back in the day of getting yeah. loose. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to show we're all human. We've yeah. all, yeah, we've, we've all made mistakes. That's right. That's life. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah. As I, as I said when we were chatting, it's uh, yeah, it's just cool just seeing more people. Um, talking about this stuff with heaps of different perspectives, you know. Um, I know a lot of the people that I talk to are on Instagram finding out about different things like this and it leads them to help. So, yeah, Mm. it's um, it's, it's awesome. I think it's going back to what you were saying about relatability. So, yeah, like having people out who are open and sharing sort of their experiences and being able to pick because, yeah, that was for me was just like I don't know if people can relate to what I've been through and then you end up 
meeting people, you start sharing stuff, and they're just like, yeah, what else is new? Like I've experienced, like you know, even like with Mitch, Mitch has sort of been sharing stuff with me, and I think he's just just like, oh yeah, I've been going through this and this. I'm just like, yeah, like I went through it as well. Like it's just, yeah. And then there's yeah. just like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Yeah, like there's plenty of people going through similar things. Mm. Um, I guess that was the big thing for me was like my my journey is not really that unique with a lot of it. Like there are sort of elements that people can relate to and yeah, it does mm. help rather than like I do sort of connect a bit more with someone who's sort of been through it than opposed to, yeah, like yeah, like an, someone who's read it in like a textbook or something like trying to sort of 100%. guide me yeah. through addiction. It's just like. A hundred percent. Come to the pub. Let's go. Let's go do some ice. You know, we'll take you through it. Let's just. A hundred percent. And I actually think, like, not not to like put any story above each other. They're all important, but as it currently is, I think you know, like stories like yours, Mitch, um, are super important. You know, around just like, because because that was always the thing, and I always think about that when I was young as well. Like. I always wanted people to look up to like, a, yeah, as I said, I always wanted to be someone else. So I was always searching for like people to lead me in the right direction. And I always think about that, you know, like when I was younger, there was people like with your story that I thought were cool and I found them on the internet and started following them or something. Maybe it might've like curved how I like use substances and, you know, prevented me from, going all in or whatever because i think sometimes it can fall into that thing of like my story and i'm i try and be conscious of it as like if you use drugs you're gonna be fucked (laughs) and that's like it's not the case for a lot of people it's actually like the 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 evidence the data says that it's like you know one percent of people end up with that really like hardcore addiction story but there's a lot of people that there's a whole spectrum. It doesn't mean that they're not experiencing bad stuff from, from substances, but they might not hit that tippy end. And if you can impact people and catch them before they get there, then, you know, that's the best thing really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Oh, thanks for that, man. I appreciate you saying that. Well, I think we'll call it there. So thanks for yeah. joining us, Jack, for our episode of, yeah, it was a good, good yarn. We learned quite a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. yeah. And so, if you want to learn more with Jack, uh, we'll be linking his information sort of in the bio of this this video. But it's real drug talk. Uh, it was on Instagram, and then I guess wherever else if you use other platforms as well. Instagram, just real drug talk. Yeah, Instagram, yeah. TikTok. We're actually popping off on. So if anyone's a TikToker, check us out there. But, <laughs> yeah, we're still just... trying to figure that out as well. So. Um, <laughs> couple of old duds trying to figure out the new sort of social media <laughs> fucking ways. um yeah but anyway this has been last drinks i'm will hitchens this is mitchell ford and we'll see you in the next one okay that was another episode of the real drug talk podcast i hope you guys are enjoying a bit more frequency of us posting in the podcast um we'd love some feedback on that if you like two episodes a week uh or if you just like the one episode a week stay tuned we've got some cool guests coming up in the following weeks um with some personal stories and also you know like some professional stuff as well uh and again yeah we would love feedback on some more things that you guys would love to hear about um and what you like and all that sort of stuff um now just quickly guys with real drug talk we're kind of making a bit of a pivot shift and I've been talking about it a little bit um, at the moment where we're turning Real Drug Talk into, well, not turning it into, it's already like a media company that we're trying to, you know, make more vocal and visible and all that sort of good stuff. Um, But uh, we really want to kind of come to you guys with a helpful newsletter that is for everybody, people looking for help. Um, and people that are professionals in the space and anyone interested in the space. So we're just rejigging um, our site at the moment, but you can join our weekly newsletter below in the podcast. Um, and basically, it's a it's five minutes of um, stories and entertainment that could be help that will be helpful for people that have you know a personal experience and are trying to make changes in their life. 
um, people that want to be professionals in the space or are professionals in the space with you know some stories and summaries and thoughts and ideas from the like really cool access that I get to people that are in you know the big wig positions I call it sounds sound like such a wanker when I say that but you know what I mean um, and then also some other interesting information that's cool so yeah we really want to build a community with that and the two-way conversation so that we can stay abreast look at me go with the big fancy words of upcoming opportunities and impact and change policy and stigma and all that sort of good stuff so we would love it if you could subscribe to the email newsletter um, as I said uh, the site will be rigged to make it easy for that but you can subscribe to that by um, using the email um, link below it's called the hump day om um, now with that the email comes from jack at connectionbasedliving.com.au even if you sign up through like real drug talk or whatever so don't freak out i just use that because it's my personal email and i want people to be able to email me back and communicate around stuff right um so anyway enough fucking promotion from me hope you guys are staying safe and looking forward to jamming in your ears again soon peace